Hi everybody, I'm Gary Hamrick, pastor of Cornerstone Chapel here in Leesburg, Virginia, and I am being joined on stage by two of my closest pastor friends here in the area. I want to introduce to you Pastor Brett Fuller of Grace Covenant Church in Chantilly, and Pastor Mike Minter of Reston Bible Church, no longer in Reston. Where are you now? Cascades. Oh, Cascades, Sterling, Dulles <laughs> Corridor, you name it, we've you name recovered. It. there. <laughs> Um, guys, it's so, it's so good to have you with me. Um, tell everybody how long you've been pastoring your respective churches. Brett? Uh, since 1991, I've been the senior pastor, so that would make it 29 years. 29 years. And I've been a part of the church since 1982 when it was founded. So this is a, basically the only church home I've known as an adult. Yeah. Wow. Mike? Uh, we started in 74 in a house, and then our first official service was March of 75. So this month is our 45th anniversary. Well, congratulations. And there's nobody here to celebrate. And there's so. nobody here. They knew you were coming. <laughs> I know. They knew I was coming. So, and I've been here at Cornerstone now for 28 years. So oh. between us, we have like a century of pastoral experience. <laughs> I'm feeling really old right now. But we've known each other for 20-plus years. Here we are serving the kingdom together, uh, ministering the gospel in Northern Virginia. And um, you, you guys are just doing such great works at your respective churches. And, and I'm just glad that you have uh, joined me today because I, I wanted to get the three of us together. Here we are collectively um, pastoring thousands of people here in Northern Virginia. And, um, and I just felt like in light of this COVID-19, the pandemic that is... Uh, affecting all of us in one way or another, I thought it'd be good for the three of us just to kind of come together and have like a, a unifying, calming voice in the midst of this crisis uh, as an encouragement to our, to our congregations. And so I'm, I'm thankful that, uh, that you guys have joined me. We, we have been in close contact over the last few weeks. Uh, we talked to each other by text about whether or not we should canceled church services before it became mandated, and we all struggled with it. Tell, tell me about, you know, how that went with you guys, the decision that we needed to shut our services down and go online. It was hard, gut-wrenching, yeah. because everything that we do is centered around people gathering together. There's nothing about our version of Christianity that is silo in its orientation. It's about being connected. It's about seeing one another. It's about praying with one another. It's about making sure that we are there for each other and trying to do church virtually um, is something that has always been a supplement, but not a primary. Yeah. It's been something we used as an, an, an in case of. Right. But now it's become the only way we can communicate. And so us trying to figure out the balance between the benefit we as a people could be to the community by gathering mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to the liability of gathering was tough. Yeah. Because I knew what it could be if we could encourage our people to be outreach oriented and that hearing the same thing at the same time. But in the end, we felt even before the restrictions that it was in the best interest of the community to not meet. Yeah. And I remember in part of our texting discussion that we, you know, we want to be sensitive to government, but we also want to primarily take our orders from the Lord. And so we wrestled with that. What, What are some of the things that you had to deal with, Mike, in this decision? Well, I knew that people are going to use scripture one way or the other. And I, I divided it up. My first message, I said, some of you are going to say, what are you cowards? Why aren't you meeting? Right. And I took him to um, Acts four, where the government says to Peter, 
no more preaching the gospel. If the government tells me that, I'm going to have to disobey. Right. But Romans 13 says all authority is given by God. And if the authority tells me not to do this, then I think it's incumbent upon us to obey that, but never to obey the government when it tells us to do something that's anti-scriptural. Right, right. And, I, and I've also been pointing out to our folks, Leviticus 13.46, about quarantining the sick. So there's wisdom in absolutely and isolating, but it's just so counterintuitive oh, really to is. what we are about as, as churches, where it's all about coming together, fellowshipping, the body of Christ being together. So these are strange and unusual times, to say the least. How do you guys interpret the times right now through the lens of Scripture? Go ahead. Well, there are so many passages you can pull from because the church was birthed in trouble. True. I mean, there's, there are very few things you can look at in Scripture and, and apply it to the peace in which we've been able to live as Christians and the society that, that has allowed us to freely minister this gospel. Um, but I was reading in Corinthians today about how Paul said, please pray for me at the end of Corinthians. Uh, because an effective door of service has been given to me, yet there are many obstacles. And so as I'm looking at this, I'm saying, God, I think there's an effective door of service in the midst of the obstacles. We just need to find it. Right. And in, the, in, in this environment, I think God is doing something in the heart of our people. He's revealing things that he would not have, people would not have seen otherwise, that's for sure. Fear, yeah. insecurity. Yeah. What level of faith do I really have? I have faith when it's easy, but do I express it when it's tough? And then allowing that faith and that, that sense of confidence in God to be that which can be fed on and u- utilized by other people. It's not just about providing for my own. It's about making sure that all those folks that don't know anything about God have an opportunity to understand in this time what it is to have an anchor when all the world is going nuts. Yeah. And so I said, Lord, you seem to be plowing. I sense that there's something that you're doing in the nations, not just in ours, but in the nations, plowing, uh, overturning things that used to be flat and stable. But when a plow goes in the earth, generally there's supposed to be something that comes behind it. Seed. That's right. Mm. And so I'm mm. looking for the open door of opportunity amidst all of the upheaval that allows me the privilege of seeing this gospel progress. That's good. The gospel is best communicated when the conviction of those who believe it can be observed by those who don't. Mm. And right now, this is an opportunity for the church not to be self-righteous, because you may have opportunities where people say, how are you handling this, you know, an unbeliever? And it's a little prideful. We believe in Jesus. We don't fear. Of course we fear. We have all kinds of fears. But ultimately, we can say that in the midst of the mess and in the midst of the fears and in the midst of the anxiety, the real hope that I have is where I'm going to spend eternity mm. and see if a person pulls that balloon down and wants to talk more. Because I think that's, I think when you talk about plowing things up, boy, I don't think the seed could ever be planted in better soil than it is right now. Mm. People are praying more. <laughs> they're reading their Bibles more. They're more thinking of eternal matters more than they ever have. Yeah. Because when everything is well, Deuteronomy 8, don't forget me when your crops are increasing and everything. And that's what I think America tends to do and many Christians. So. Yeah. True. yeah, that's true. We, we can tend to get spiritually lazy when things are going well. And it takes stuff like this right. to really kind of light the fire under, under the church. Um, by the way, I want everybody to notice we are six feet apart. We did not hug each other when we saw each <laughs> other, which was painful because we always do that always. when we see each other. 
But we're trying to practice yes, we are. this whole social, which I don't like social distancing. It's physical distancing because we're actually turning to social yeah, networking right. to, to continue to do the work of the Lord. Um, you guys, with the, I guess it's limited these days, the, the pulse, the, you know, you have your finger on the pulse of, of your congregations because when we don't see them, we can only glean what the pulse is through what we're hearing and social media, what, what do you think that, that your folks are feeling right now in the midst of all this? What, what are some of the emotional things that are going on with them, and how can we address that scripturally? Um, I'm sure, just if you just put a sort of a dipstick into society, our people are feeling what most people are feeling. I guess a lot of it has to depend on whether or not you've got a small business or what have you. Yeah. I'm putting out something every single day, a short, I just do it in my house on my phone, about a two and a half minute video just trying to be an encouragement to them we're going to get through this yeah. uh jesus said we're going to the other side in in mark four right. well we're going to the other side whether it's the other side here or the ultimate other side i'm trying to get people to have an eternal perspective in the midst of what i think is a temporal issue because you all remember it 9 11 yeah i'm sitting in staff meeting on a tuesday morning and i told our staff we're going to have a huge number of people in church Sunday. Exactly the opposite of what we're having now. And we had 700 more people came than were normal. Mm. And I thought, I wonder how long this is going to last. And sure enough, as soon as they realized the military was in place, all those 700 people just disappeared into the woodwork. Mm -hmm. And I do not want to see this happen with this. I want to see this right here, not every week by any stretch of the imagination. I want to see this kind of camaraderie and unity of the body come together all over. I don't want this to, to blow over with the virus. So that's my big prayer. It's beautiful. Well, we are intentionally connecting with people uh, through our social media, but encouraging them to pray. Um, our people are going through everything that everybody else in the world is going through, yeah. mm-hmm. except I'm encouraging them with the idea that you have an extra ally. You, you've got somebody who's in your corner and is trying to bolster you and help you through this so that you can help others through it. Um, Encouraging them daily with, like what Pastor Mike said, a video. Trying to help them in their faith to become more and to see God in the midst of it. Uh, reminded that Paul said, the things that are, that are seen are temporary. That's right. But oh. the things that are unseen are eternal. Right. Mm. And if we can go through this difficulty, and Paul's difficulties were, were infamous. I mean, day and night out in the sea, betrayed by everybody he knew almost beaten with rods, flat, flogged five times. I just mm-hmm. think you go, ooh. Yeah. And my situation seems, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm doing sure. good. I'm yeah, doing. That's exactly right. But he said those were momentary and light. That's right. Now, there's no question this is momentary. Now, it might take longer than any of us desire, but it's momentary. Right. And compared to the circumstances through which he went, extremely light, right. though it's going to be painful. In every respect, as the pain begins to linger because of our economy, that's right. broken. It's broken. So I am trying to help people to see the things that they can't see rather than the things that they do. Mm. And God is in the middle of this. He's doing some phenomenal things. And if they would look at him rather than at the things, they begin to see the bigness that he is in comparison to the smallness through which they're going. Mm. And then they can rightly right size the things so that their soul could be at rest on a regular basis, communicate that to their people, their family members, their friends, and then to the community that desperately needs that anchor. Yeah, that's good. And 
part of that verse that you quoted, Paul talked about how my present sufferings are not worth comparing to the yeah, glory, glory that awaits That's in Christ exactly Jesus. Right. It, this is going to force people to have an eternal perspective. Go. I don't think any of us, myself included, realize how much of an earthly temporal perspective oh. we have until stuff like this oh, the truth. <laughs> the truth, you know, exposes truth. it. What, what are some... Go ahead. I was going to say, I, when I, I, I got back from Haiti about six months ago, and I got back from the Amazon about three months ago, and one of my favorite pastors in the Amazon loses his house every year to a flood as well as the church. There's no place to go. So they just rebuild it. And he looks at me when I go, how can you? He goes, this isn't my home. I got a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. That's what are we worried about? Yeah, and I'm wow. thinking, ooh, boy, yeah. I, I have to go down there to learn an wow. eternal perspective. Yeah, that's really good. So. How many times have you been to the Amazon? 16. 16 times. Wow. And you, you go places that I... I have not thought of going, Mike. Oh, so me... thank you that God calls you to go there. <laughs> Both of us are really yeah, grateful. We're very grateful. <laughs> you know what, 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 what is really getting me? I'm standing up before our people. I'm saying, now listen, you've got to take care of the elderly. We've got to take care of the elderly. All of a sudden I realize I are one. <laughs> I'm really elderly. <laughs> which, which, by the way, you know, there's so much heaviness at, with this whole thing. Just in a little levity, I wanted to ask you, how do you think this pandemic compares to what you went through with the Spanish flu in 1918. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, oh, I thought we're, I thought you were going to ask me about no, about no, Noah and me no, and the flood. No, Come on. I wouldn't go back that far. 1918, that's all. Um, all right, we've been throwing out some scripture verses, but any verses in particular that really speak to you during this time that would be an encouragement to people? You know, you... Uh, you spoke to that, that Romans 8.18. Yeah. The, the, the issue of the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared with the glory. Have you ever thought about why wouldn't you compare suffering with suffering or glory with glory? But mm. it's comparing glory with suffering. Mm. And I kind of look at that as on a negative scale, if, if, if the suffering is 100, then the glory is infinite. Yeah. It's infinite. If I lose $100... That's a negative 10. If I, somebody gives me $100, that's a positive 10. But this is, this is comparing suffering with glory because glory is eternal. Yeah. And that's what Paul's driving home. So if we can just get that perspective, or yeah. if our people can beautiful. get that perspective, we'll get through this. That's great. Yeah. What about you, Brett? Any scripture verses yeah, in particular? I, I've, I've been holding on to Old Faithful, Psalm 23. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. And making sure that I'm being led or I'm following the right thing. I'm not yeah. following my fears. I'm not following my insecurities. I'm not following the media. That's right. Yeah. I'm letting the Lord be my shepherd here. Yeah. And he's going to make me lie down in green pastures. He's mm. going to lead me beside quiet, quiet waters. He's going to restore my soul, even though I feel like it's being torn apart on the inside because I care about people and I hate to see them suffering. He's going to guide me in paths of righteousness mm. for his name's sake. That's right. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he is with me. His rod and his staff, his word and his authority comfort me. He anoints my head with oil. My cup mm-hmm. overflows. Yes. And I will yes. dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever because his goodness and mercy follow me. Yes. I am holding on to that daily, yeah. even though we're going through a difficult time, a valley that we've never been through in our generation. That's right. Yeah. I mean, all of us are foreign to this. This is brand new. Yeah. This is a different kind of valley. As I'm going through, 
He is with me every moment and I am holding on to his cloak, his hand, whatever part I can get. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like he's dragging me through because <laughs> I'm just so out of, out of strength, holding on for dear Absolutely. life. I have no strength. I have no way to, to continue to put one foot in front of the other. But he's with me and that comforts me. Amen. I keep holding on to Psalm 121, 1 and 2. I keep quoting that through this time about how I lift up my eyes there to the mountains. Go. Where does my help come, come from? from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. And, you know, that's one of those um, ascent psalms where they would sing those on the way up to Jerusalem. And I, you know, I envision just this expectation of, you know, coming to the place where they see the temple, you know, on the hill. But it, it wasn't they were putting their hope in the temple. It was, it was the God of the universe. Sure. And, and lifting up our eyes, casting our gaze higher higher than this world and just remembering our anchor is in the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We, we, have, to, we have to press into him during this time. You guys keep preaching. I'm ready to check out. I'm ready to go. We'll take an offering starting with you. Um, so what are some of the things that we can do as churches, you know, because we're still supposed to be practicing this physical distancing um, and so how can we reach our community during this time? Are you guys doing anything in particular to help reach your communities during this time while still practicing this, this social distancing, this physical distancing? We are. It's been hard. Yeah. I mean, to, uh, to get people to impact people, generally they have to be close enough to do so. Yeah. But we have worked really, really hard to stay within the guidelines that our state and federal government have, have prescribed Yet we are in connection with our public school system. So we have an elementary school in our neighborhood and a middle school to which we have delivered food and necessary supplies. It was just going to be lunch. Now, Fairfax County has done some things that have allowed for kids who are food insecure, meaning their biggest meals at lunch. That's right. They've done some things to make sure they're provided for. But sometimes it's not enough. So we have supplemented that as a congregation, working with the principal of the school the elementary school, London town. <clears throat> and then uh, everybody got out of work. Yeah. And so now it's not just lunch, it's breakfast and dinner. And so we said, you okay. You providing the meals or, or financial support for meals, others? Meals. Wow. We found companies. Okay. So many restaurants are out of business. Yeah, true. But they had inventory. They had stuff they had in the refrigerator. That's smart. And so we said, please, if it's, if it's going to spoil, give it to us. That's and smart. so they did. And so we packed bags and then we put Bibles in them and we put our information about how That's they can contact us. Awesome. And so we, uh, we, we supplied resources to about 100 families last week and we're doing another 101 today. Uh, this with our, our uh, uh, middle school there called Stone Middle. And so we're doing it. And there's a, re- there's a retirement community in our area. Mm. And of course, they, they can't go anyplace. They're sequestered. Right. Um, but they need supplies. They need toilet paper they need paper towels they need soap they need they can't get them yeah so we said okay we'll go out and buy them and we found somebody to give it give it to us at cost 101 bags of things that were necessities for them we delivered them to the community and let the people who were stewarding the community make sure they were sanitized we did all this stuff and then they gave them and dropped them off at their door so they had something so we're doing what we can we can't meet all the needs but we're doing what we can yeah that's good that's good yeah um I'm not as much up to speed, um, but well, it's Bruce caught Campbell, us all off guard. You know, I, well, I thought this might only be a couple of weeks, and now we're looking into what can we do long term to outreach. Yeah, we've, we've got, I think our food bank is still open, I yeah. think. And also Guilford Elementary School that we support, uh, I think we're still helping them out. 
but Bruce Campbell, our executive pastor, is mm -hmm. up to his eyeballs navigating yeah. all these. He calls me from time to time, tells me what's happening. But uh, yeah, we're, we're trying to figure out ways. It may be that our parking lots are gonna have to be used at some time right. in different ways. So we're open to anything the county wants us to do because I think this is, again, a great opportunity for the church to be seen mm -hmm. uh, in a completely different light than they're often yeah. seen as. Can so. I mention one thing? Please do. Last Sunday, we went to um, Fair Oaks Hospital and we said, what do you all need? Now, their resources are not low. In other words, they, don't, they have money, but they yeah. don't have the stuff. Right. So they need masks yeah. in 95. He said, well, what can we do? He said, if you can make an announcement on your Sunday morning service, anybody who has some, whether it's construction, right. different industries, if you can make an announcement that, that they could donate them to you, actually get a tax deductible donation, and then you give it to us, that'd be great. We made an announcement, 500 masks showed up on Tuesday. Wow. And we delivered them to Fairfax County. They thought we had fallen out of heaven as angels of God. Wow. We delivered them to Fair Oaks and said, here are your masks. They said, thank you. That's wonderful. That's great. So if we could all do something yeah. like yeah. that, don't know who's got them out there and they forgot about them. They might be in a storage closet someplace. Just from people's personal resources. Sometimes personal, sometimes a construction company. Yeah. They had them in the back and didn't know they had them there and they use them when they, they tear down stuff and demolition. Yeah. Now they're thinking. This is going to be aired at, at all three of our churches. Uh, for us, this is our Sunday morning. Um, but th what a great suggestion. If you've already done it at, at Grace Covenant, um, and you, you didn't know about it, you could do more. You could do it at Rest and Bible if you're part of Rest and Bible Fellowship. And please, you could do the same thing here at Cornerstone. What a great, what a great uh, suggestion. I know for, for us, we, we've partnered with some other great organizations that are doing things to, to feed people. Tree of Life is, is one we've partnered with, Mobile Hope. Um, we've also opened up our parking lot. We got a request from a local doctor's office to set up a tent because they are taking so many patients for COVID-19, right. they need a safe place to just yeah. do exams of right. their regular patients. So we're, we're in the process of working with them now. And uh, we also got a request from Red Cross about using our parking lot, their mobile blood bank. So we're, you know, we're trying to think outside the box like yeah. you guys are and how can we reach our community. Um, and, and so the Lord is gonna definitely use this oh, absolutely. for his, for yeah, his glory. Yeah, um, we're, we're seeing already how God has, uh, though he didn't, you know, he didn't initiate this. This is all part of a fallen world, yeah. death, disease, yep. sorrow, pain. Right. Um, but he certainly will use it for yeah. his glory. And, um, and we don't know that chapter. That chapter has not yet been written completely. True. Um, what all God will bring as a result for his glory through this. But, um, but what do you guys think in general? What are some things that you think God's going to do for his glory through this? I'm believing for two things. One, revival in the church. Yes, amen. That the church would, would rise up to be what, what Christ created it to be. And then two, an awakening in the community. Yeah. There's only so much we can do. Now, we haven't done what we should do in preaching the gospel to the community as well as we should do it. We haven't. Yeah. Nobody I know has, including myself, and I work right. hard at it. But even if we do everything we should, we can't hit everybody. Yeah. So we need the Spirit of God to do some things beyond us by convicting hearts, even when we aren't there to preach, but then be in the confirmation of what they know to be true. And so an awakening is allowing the Spirit of God to come to our community, much like in the days of Charles Finney yes, and, and right. all the Spur Spurgeon, where yeah. the Lord was doing something beyond what was happening with the minister. Yeah. And the minister just came to say, let me reap the harvest. That's right. <laughs> 
So that's what I'm believing these two things will happen to change our country and make it better. Yes. We need help. Amen. Even beyond this, we need help. And yeah. to help this country be what it should be so we can be what we should be to the world. Yeah, well said. Mike, I know the Lord's yeah, I, put stuff on your heart. What, what's God going to do out of uh, this for his glory? Well, right now, this is an answer to prayer for me yeah. right here. Yeah. And of course, we've been actually if people saw all of our texts going back and forth, <laughs> nobody would be attending our churches. No, no, we wouldn't uh, have jobs. We'll, we'll, we'll keep those texts right. That wasn't bad. Uh, what are you? <laughs> we were just some of the, the, the poking at, oh, poking at each other. The, yeah, the yeah, sarcasm. Yeah. yeah, well, that's a spiritual gift, but go ahead. <laughs> when I, uh, when you I, really blessed. When I, it's got the gift. Uh, I just, uh, I have dreamt, not that it'd be this way, but it's been my prayer for years because I've, with my 45 years here, when I look back and I see all the, the, the nitpicking, yeah. of the, Oh, you're, oh, you're premillennial. Oh, yeah, oh, you believe that? Oh, you, oh, yeah. we can't. So everybody's yeah. in their little swim lanes. Right. Yeah. And it's just so destructive. And I don't think the church is ever going to have its power until there's a unifying force. That's so this has good. been, this has been huge to That's me. Great. But just as a little illustration uh, for those that might be watching that maybe you're not, you're, you're wondering, what do you mean by this hope that you have? Yeah. Let my right hand represent you and me and the entire world, and my wallet represent sin. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Religion says, just cover that sin, go to church more, give a little bit more money, turn over a new leaf, keep trying your best, but you've still got the sin. Let my left hand represent the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can see he's absolutely perfect. The New Testament tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for God hath made Christ who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. It's called the great exchange. Yeah. Here's the condition I was in until 1970 when somebody explained the good news of the gospel to me. I was dependent on how good I was to get to heaven, but that was not gonna get rid of my sin. Once I found out that Christ would take my sin in exchange and I would receive his righteousness, which is the righteousness that I have to have, that you must have in order to enter into the kingdom of God. So you're either in this condition or you're in this condition. And as we close this out today, I trust that you'll put your faith in Christ and Christ alone is your only hope, not your good works, your church membership, how much money you give, but only Jesus is our only hope. Well said, Mike. Very succinct presentation of the gospel. It's what it's all about. And it's it's what we're called to be about. Amen. Uh, and not just us professionally as pastors, as professional clergy. That's what all of us are called to. Truth. The good news of the gospel, making him known in, in our world. Amen. Guys, I want to thank you for joining with me in this discussion. I hope it's been helpful to you all uh, watching. We just wanted to be a unified voice of calm in the midst of this crisis. Pastor Brett, can I ask you to close in prayer? Be happy to. Father in heaven, We pray for all those, first of all, who have contracted this virus, that you would heal them, that you would strengthen them and deliver them from their physical affliction. Yes, Lord. We also ask you to comfort those who have lost loved ones as a result of this horrible disease. Strengthen them and be what you can Mm. only be. We can't be what you can be to them. We can do all we can, but you come alongside to comfort Holy Spirit. Yes. And we pray that you would quickly deliver our entire world 
from this disease and give our leaders wisdom about making great decisions on our behalf to not just be concerned about one thing over another, but to have a comprehensive view about all things so that all humanity can be better at the end of this than when we went in. And I pray that through this, O Lord, you would make your church what it should be. That people would receive marching orders that they would not have received otherwise. Their ears are more tuned Mm. to hear what you have to say than more now than ever. Speak to your people. And Lord, open the hearts of the unbelieving that they might see the glorious God who died for them. Open their eyes, I pray, and remove the blinders so that they can come to the knowledge of the truth. In the name of Jesus, we ask you. Amen. Amen and amen. amen. Gentlemen, thank you again. I love you so much. You it's you a too. privilege to serve the Lord with you in this community. And uh, to all of you who've been watching today, we trust this has been helpful to you. And uh, stay safe and press into Jesus. God bless you.